We didn't bring anything into this world. And Pastor Greg Laurie says death makes us leave just as empty-handed. It's the great equalizer. It doesn't seem to respect who you are. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, if you're a man or a woman, even if you're young or old. Death knocks at every door. But death in the Bible for the Christian is compared to going to sleep. You don't have to fear that because you'll go right into God's presence. to avoid death. We wear seatbelts. We watch what we eat. We look both ways before we cross the street. But we're just postponing the inevitable. What's that they say only two sure things in life, death and taxes? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says there are two sure things about death. If you know Jesus, you go to heaven. If you don't, you won't. Today, an Easter message where we look beyond the grave. Why is this day, Easter Sunday, so special? Well, I guess it depends who you ask. For the Joe Sixpack crowd, the party group, Easter Sunday is pretty much the end of Easter break, which for all practical purposes is a time when people go out and try to break as many commandments as humanly possible, I suppose. For others, Easter signifies the official beginning of spring. It's time to get those winter colors out and bring those Easter spring colors in and might even do a little house cleaning in the process. For many children, Easter is a time where we have our brightly colored eggs and little chicks and bunnies that soon grow into clucking chickens and pooping rabbits. Sorry I used the word pooping on Easter. But sadly, a lot of people have no idea what Easter is about. A poll was taken, and of the 60% of Americans that went to church last Easter Sunday, one quarter of them had no idea what the occasion even signified. I told you the story before of that teacher in Sunday school who was speaking to her four-year-olds and wanted to see if they understood what the holidays were all about, and it happened to be Palm Sunday. So she said, does anybody know what the significance of today is? Little four-year-old girl raised her hand. The teacher called on her. The little girl said, today is Palm Sunday. The teacher said, very good. And what is the significance of that? The little girl said, Palm Sunday is the day that Jesus got in the back of the donkey. He rode into Jerusalem. They laid the palm branches at his feet. And the people said, Hosanna. Oh, that's quite impressive for a four-year-old. Teacher said, now what about next Sunday? Does anybody know what that's all about? The same little girl raised her hand up. Yes, what is next Sunday? That's Easter Sunday. And that's the day that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. And before the teacher could congratulate her, the little girl went on and said, but if he sees his shadow, he has to go back in for seven weeks. A little confusion. So what is Easter all about? In a nutshell, no pun intended, it is a simple yet profound truth that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, defied death and rose bodily from the grave. And this event is not just something that happened historically, it is that and more. 
The effect of it reverberates to this present day and it means a lot to you and me as followers of Jesus Christ. A little more about that in a moment, but let's read John 20, verses 1-17, through 17, an account of that first Easter morning. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid Him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, and they were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. And the other disciple outran Peter, and he came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, looked in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, he saw and he believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went again to their own homes, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid Him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, thinking he was the gardener, said to him, Well, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, Don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but I go to my brothers and I say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. This was a very dark day in the life of Mary and the other disciples as it began. It was a day when she was going to the tomb of Jesus to anoint His dead body. But the darkest day turned into one of the brightest because of what she discovered, that He was no longer dead, but He was alive. After they saw the cruel and barbaric process that Jesus went through on the cross, None of them ever thought they would see Him alive again. The resurrection came as a complete shock and surprise to all of the disciples of Jesus Christ. Death can seem so final. It's the great equalizer. It doesn't seem to respect who you are. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, if you're a man or a woman, even if you're young or old. Death knocks at every door. But death in the Bible for the Christian is compared to going to sleep. You don't have to fear that because you'll go right into God's presence. You know, when you go to the movies, they'll show you previews of coming attractions in the industry. They call them trailers. And maybe you've gone and seen a movie on the basis of what you saw in the preview. And in most cases, the preview is better than the movie, right? Well, God has given us a preview of coming attractions, if you will, about the resurrection in an unusual occurrence that took place when Christ was crucified. Matthew's Gospel tells us this. At that moment when Jesus was uh, nailed to the cross, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split. Listen, the tombs opened, 
and the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead after Jesus' resurrection. They left the cemetery. They went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. This is an incredible story. It was a preview of coming attractions. Because you see, when we lay someone to rest, we say, that's it, they're gone, I'll never see them again. That all depends. If you're not a Christian, and they were, you won't see them again, because you won't be reunited with them in heaven. But if you're a Christian, and they are a Christian, you have the guarantee from Scripture, you will see them again. And this is sort of a preview of what God was doing and what He is going to do. Because you see, the real me is not this incredibly handsome face you're looking at now. Now, the real me, if you will, is the soul. It's the spirit that gives me my spark, my personality. The same is true of you. And when I die, yes, my body goes into the ground, but my soul goes into God's presence. We have God's Word in this. Jesus said in John 5, don't marvel at this. The hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. Those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So what about these new bodies that God is going to give to us? Well, they're going to be similar to the resurrection body of Jesus. Because Philippians 3.20 said our citizenship is in heaven. And God will transform these lowly bodies so they will be like His glorious body. 1 John 3, 2 says that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. So let's think for a few moments about the resurrected body of Jesus. Was it an actual body? Or was He more like a phantom or a spirit where you could just sort of put your hand through Him? No, no, He was a... It was a real body of flesh and bones. So much so that when Mary grabbed hold of him, he said, Don't cling to me. I have things to do. We know it was an actual body because he invited Thomas to reach out and touch him. In Matthew's Gospel, we read, They took hold of his feet and worshipped him. In Luke's Gospel, we're told they gave him a piece of fish to eat. And Jesus told the disciples that it was comprised of flesh and bones when He said, Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see that I have. Here's my point. God's going to make a new body for me, but there are going to be likenesses to the body that I am in right now. You might say that the blueprints for our glorified bodies are in the bodies we now possess. 1 Corinthians 15.43 says, Our bodies now disappoint us. And that's true as you get older. But when they are raised, they'll be full of glory. They're weak now, but when they're raised, they'll be full of power. They're natural human bodies now, but when they are raised, they will be spiritual bodies. That simply means that our new bodies will in some ways be the same as our old bodies. In other ways, they'll be different. Without question, they'll be radically improved. For instance, if you have a disability on earth, you will not have it in your new glorified body in heaven. If your body is bowed by the effects of age on earth, it will not be when you're given your new body in heaven, no longer marred by sin. It's different, but in some ways it's the same. So you might wonder, well, will we recognize one another in heaven? And my answer to that is, why would we know less there than we know now? Scripture says, now our knowledge is incomplete, but then it will be total. 1 Corinthians 13.12 says, Now we see things imperfectly as in 
uh, a poor mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God knows me. So yes, I do think we will recognize one another. There will be similarities but differences. So what can we as believers expect when we die? Well, while our family and friends are sorrowing for us on earth, you'll find yourself in new surroundings that will be beyond your imagination. It would seem that the same angels that God has sent to protect you on this earth will escort you into the presence of God as they escorted that poor beggar into Abraham's bosom. Think of the purest joy that you've experienced on earth. Multiply that many times over and you catch a glimpse of heaven's euphoria. You're going to be reunited with loved ones who have gone before you and you'll have the privilege of spending unlimited time with them as well as with the great men and women that God has used over the centuries. But best of all is going to be the fact that we will be in the presence of Jesus Christ never to be separated again. Yes, there will be things in heaven that will be different, and there will be things that will be the same, but it's going to be so much better than it is now. So don't feel sorrow for any loved one that you know that has gone on before you in the glory. Feel sorrow for yourself because you're still here on this earth. But at the same time, experience joy in knowing that you will join them if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Now, not everyone has this hope, of course. There are many people that think that everything that happens is in the here and now. But once you die, you die, and that's it. To the modern materialist, death is a cessation of being. Reincarnationists believe that our souls will continuously return, dressed up in other bodies. Hindus believe that the body is merely an illusion and the only thing that ultimately survives is an impersonal cosmic consciousness. But in contrast to those incorrect beliefs is the teaching of the Bible that says that we will be given new bodies and will live forever in the presence of God. But there are so many that have no hope in this life. I read a statement from actor George Clooney the other day in Us magazine when he made this statement about his philosophy of life and I quote, I don't believe in happy endings, but I do believe in happy travels because ultimately you die at a very young age or if you live long enough, you watch your friends die. It's a mean thing, life, end quote. <laughs> How about this statement from actor Nicolas Cage? We're here to ruin ourselves, break our hearts, love the wrong people, and die. Thank you for that inspiring thought. <laughs> That's how the non-believer looks at life. They have no hope beyond the grave. They think it's all in the here and now, not realizing that man is a living soul made in the image of God who has the promise of heaven if he believes. You see, we only look at things from an earthly perspective. And that's what was happening with the disciples when Jesus was crucified. They thought this is it. It was their hope that he would have established an earthly kingdom then and there and overthrow the tyranny of Rome. Instead, he was crucified. And he was so beaten and so marred and so disfigured from the crucifixion, they certainly had no hope they would ever see him again. But you see, it's because they misunderstood his mission. He was not coming to overthrow a little kingdom like Rome. He had bigger fish to fry, other goals to reach. He was coming to die for the sin of the world, not just for the sin of those living during his earthly ministry, 
but for the sin of all that would come after, to us to this day and on into the future. He was coming to put man back into contact with God. So He died a cruel and horrible death in our place and rose again from the dead. And we need to know that the resurrection of Christ transformed His first century followers. For Mary Magdalene, it was going from the deepest sorrow to the most ecstatic joy. For the ten disciples, it meant going from fear to courage. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead was like the lifting of a cloud causing a group of discouraged, downhearted men and women to become zealous missionaries who as a result turned their world upside down. And its effect continues to this very day from the first to the 21st century. It means that death no longer has to be feared by the follower of Jesus. Hebrews 2.9 says, We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because He suffered death, so that by the grace of God, He might taste death for everyone. And I ask you today, do you have that hope of life beyond the grave? Have you put your faith in the risen Lord? Because one minute after you die, you will either be enjoying a personal welcome from Jesus Christ or catching your first glimpse of gloom such as you've never known. Either way, your future will be irrevocably fixed and eternally unchangeable. There will be no chances beyond the grave. There are many before, but none after. As I said, it's appointed unto a man once to die, and then comes the judgment. Yes, we're all going to die in one sense. But in another sense, as Christians, we will never die. For Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I heard the story of a pastor who was speaking to his congregation about going to heaven. So he said to the congregation, How many of you would like to go to heaven tonight? Well, of course, everyone shot their hand up. Yeah, me.